0: Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, cross-stitching, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping an organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 107. Hello friends. Hello. How are you? It's good to be back. I never mean to take a month break between podcasts, but here we are. Before we get going, I keep forgetting to talk about my cup of tea and I don't want to miss it today because I am drinking Fortnum and Mason Royal Blend straight from England. This is my like all-time favorite tea. Um, I first was introduced to this when my daughter Chloe on her way back from her semester abroad in Norway, she did a little tour of the big cities in Europe, and she did a stop in London, which I know people don't consider Europe, but whatever. Let's not get into that. Anyway, she went to Fortnum & Mason and brought me back Royal Blend, and I fell in love with it. And then I tried to buy more on Amazon, where it is very expensive, so I bought the cheaper Um, So she brought me back loose leaf and I bought the tea bags and it just was not nearly as good. So when my friend Pam, who is English, went um, to visit her family, I said, would you bring me back some Royal Blend tea? Because I was suspecting that it was quite a bit cheaper there. And it's true. I think she picked this up at Heathrow Airport and now I feel stupid for never thinking of that myself. I think I've been through Heathrow (laughs) twice in the last couple of years. So um Anyways, and it is cheaper. It costs like just under 20 US dollars for this 8.8 ounce tin, and that tin is $35 on Amazon. But let me just take you, um, read from the back here. Gosh, there's a glare on it. I can hardly read it. It says, um, This classic Fortnum Mason low grown flowery Pico from Ceylon lends an uplifting note to the maltier Assam to make a very traditional cup of tea. First blended for King Edward VII in the summer of 1902, Royal Blend has been popular ever since for its smooth honey-like flavor and it is just like one of my all-time favorite teas. And of course I drink tea year-round but we are headed into, well we're in fall, headed into winter. It seems like a really good time to have a fresh injection into my tea collection fall in Southern California is here and that means it's hot, dry, and windy. (laughs) None of these things are especially good and it's so funny. I am a native Southern Californian and talking to other native Southern Californians, we are like surprised every year that we don't get the fall that is portrayed in the media. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like every time the Santa Ana winds or the East winds show up, we're just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that because we'll get like one really nice, cool week in the 60s and then we're like, oh, we're in fall and the next week it's 85 and windy. So anyways, uh, it makes everybody cranky. It makes everybody feel like they need a haircut. I have one scheduled for next week just because nothing feels right. We're all itchy and dry and cranky. So. Welcome to fall, Southern California edition. Um, well, one of the reasons why I have not recorded is, um, you know, it's just, you know, busy. We're all busy. That's not a good excuse. I just have not had much to talk about. I feel like I just do not, I have not had the the productivity in my projects that I that I feel good about talking about. Um, I'm working a lot um, as we come into the last quarter of the year, my job um, in marketing, I market a, uh, a piece of software in the manufacturing industry and um, this is our biggest quarter you know so there's just a lot of promotions and all kinds of things going on that require a lot from me so that's been part of it and then in the evening I just sometimes I'm just not spending my time as productively as I could and I want to change that because it doesn't feel good to lay on the couch and watch YouTube shorts for two hours before I fall asleep. It just doesn't. So, um, I'm, I'm trying to, to get back into things. I'm gonna, gonna work on that. Um, I'm recording this on November 5th. And so here in the U S we've got Thanksgiving coming in a few weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, to my two sons who both live in San Diego will be coming home, but my daughter who lives in Chicago will not. Um, but good news is, um, she just recently got a new job and she's living the great life that I imagined for myself, working on the loop on Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago, taking the train in, which I think she will really enjoy when it starts snowing, although it actually snowed on Halloween. Um, but uh, she has revamped her wardrobe <laughs> and you know, going from San Diego to Chicago is um, that's some that's, um, whiplash there. But, um, so she won't be home for Thanksgiving, which is going to be very sad. Um, but I think she will be here for Christmas. So just keeping my, my fingers crossed for that. Um, so what else is going on? Oh, I discovered, I discovered pickleball. (laughs) Pickleball. Am I the last person on the planet to discover pickleball? Also the last person to not have an air fryer? These are the things that I was holdouts on. Anyways, um, my friend Pam, who brought me the tea, my British friend Pam, and the one that got me into the workout class that um, has been I've been so thankful to be part of a, a workout class that I have been consistent with, and I don't, all I have to do is show up and someone else has figured it all out. Well, she wanted to take pickleball lessons, or pickleball class, through our Parks and Rec, and um, I wanted to know if I wanted to do it, and I was a little resistant at first, but I did it, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, for those of you that play pickleball, I would like to um, just offer this as my... Um, observation, and that the most complicated part of pickleball is the scoring and figuring out who's serving. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But anyways, um, that we we did that class that was like five weeks, and now we have a little group that these other women that we met at pickleball that we've got a regular Thursday night game, and um, so that's been really fun. I do have to tell you that my very first night at pickleball, um, I show up and the the kid teaching the class is a kid that used to be in our Cub Scout den. Like I have known him since he was six years old. He's, you know, now 20. And, um, so that was just kind of like this weird thing. And when he called me Kristen instead of Mrs. Esser for the first time, I was just like, wow, we've just like crossed a bridge. (laughs) Anyways. So, so I know the teachers, that's a little bit, a little bit weird. Um, and so you if you've played pickleball you know that the nets are a little bit lower and they're on wheels because they have like painted over the lines on tennis courts to turn them into pickleball courts and um so you know i am a little competitive by nature i will admit so we're just you know we're it's the first lesson we're just getting used to how the ball bounces which was a whole deal and just trying to get a rally going and i went running up trying to catch a low ball that had just you know bleeped over the net and could not stop myself. Just was like had just too much forward momentum going. If it had been a tennis ball, a tennis court net, I just would have kind of run into the net and bounced off and it would have been fine. But no, it is this low net on wheels. And I just proceeded to plow right over the top, knock it over, and then conk my head on the court. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so mortifying, so mortifying and um you know obviously everyone stops and runs over and there's like i don't know 20 people and um so i am just trying to brush this off i'm fine i'm fine everyone's like are you okay and one of the women said how is your head and i'm like why is it bleeding because i kind of felt like it was and it wasn't it was just turned out to be scratched but she's like no but i heard it i heard it thunk <laughs> so i get up and i'm just like no i'm fine i'm fine and it like in my I'm like let's go let's go let's play let's just keep playing and and in my head i have like the narrator voice going no she was not fine (laughs) luckily i got i got through it but i my bell was rung i i was faking it for a good five minutes and i'm pretty sure at this point we were like eight weeks back now i think i broke my finger it is still swollen it is still red at the knuckle that's really the biggest injury was that i jammed my finger and it took me forever to get the ring off that I had on that finger. Um, scrapes, knees, like bruised head. <laughs> and now we have this joke that people like to just think it over the net to me because we all know that Kristen has a fear of running right into the net again. So anyways, did not stop me from playing, but um, was rather mortifying. All right, on that uplifting note, let's start, let's talk about some quilting. I finished the Cabin Valley quilt I think the last time I talked to you a month ago all I had to do was the sashing which was I I was just having a little mental block about because they're set on point and the the lines go you know diagonal although you don't work on them diagonally you just turn it and now they're horizontal but anyways I just I finished that up and that means that I now have three finished quilt tops and I don't think that I have ever had a backlog of three finished quilt tops, which I know sounds ridiculously low for some of you, but I'm kind of a one, for the most part, one project at a time gal. So I need to figure out backs for these. And I notoriously undercalculate for quilt backs. So I need to calculate for quilt backs and then do the math again. Um, I'll probably just order a bunch of stuff from the Fat Quarter Shop, probably, you know, I've never done a wide back. And I remember doing the math one time and it's not cheaper. It seems like it's about the same. That's the other thing is that between, um, and I just, I don't have, you know, big pieces of fabric in my stash. So I really don't have any, anything that I can use for backs, even if it was going to piece a back. And that's usually why I piece a back is because (laughs) I've done the math wrong to do the back. And then I'm always happy that I do, but there's no way. There's no way I'm going to piece the backs for these. These these need to move along. Um, so I need to, um, to do that. I need to do a little ordering of, um, yeah. So anyways, I was just saying that maybe I'll try a 108-inch wide back and see what I think about that. And then I think I'll have some stuff left over, and that can just be stash fabric. Um, and I want something pretty pretty new. Um, you know, like a, I want a, a a very like minor print. You know, I love the oh, what are they called? Um, now I can't. Blossom by Christopher Thompson of Riley Blake is one that I like to use. Um, I think Lori Holt or somebody has one that has like little hashtags. Just like a little minor blender print is what I usually like for quilt backs. So that is next on my list. And the and the pr- the pressing and trimming all the stray threads. I'm not looking forward to really any of that. But I will send them all to be long-armed. I just, um, you know, I I, I just, I've accepted that about myself. And I've got no shame about having my quilts long-armed anymore. And then over the holidays, I'll have three quilts to bind. And that sounds kind of like a very lovely thing to be able to do over the holidays. And if I play my cards right, I could even probably have... um, at least one of them back by Thanksgiving. So the one that I just finished is Cabin Valley. It's the Modern Ombre Log Cabin Quilt. And this is the second time I made it. And I, um, the first one I made, I did white binding. It was like a big decision for me. I've never done white binding. And then I ended up giving it away to my niece who has three small boys. So I don't know if that was the right decision or not for her quilt. But I do think that I'm going to, um, I'm gonna try it again i've run out of the white and of course i don't keep good notes the way i should i think it's modabella 97 98 is whiter but i'm gonna take a swatch just to the physical quilt shop and, and find it um because i don't i don't have enough for that but that'll be kind of fun and the other two quilts which is a great granny square and one called shadows and something it, it's a scrappy quilt and i will definitely do scrappy binding on both of those which i love i love scrappy binding so um and that could be a fun thing just to to work on uh in my sewing room in the evening when i really don't feel like sewing sewing making some binding is pretty easy so now that i've finished that up i've been trying to figure out what is going to be my next quilt project and i want it to be something um that i'm i'm really excited about (laughs) isn't that silly um Because I feel like the last few, I mean, I love this Cabin Valley quilt, but I have made it before. I loved making it the first time. Um, I actually really enjoyed making it this time until I got to the sashing, (laughs) whatever. Um, But I've also been making a lot more traditional quilts, and I feel like my aesthetic is definitely skewing more modern. So I don't feel like I'm necessarily making quilts that are reflective of me so that this is i'm struggling with this so anyways i started trying to figure out what i wanted to make so we have redone um our two kids bedrooms and and so they're they both got new furniture and queen-size beds in them and they're painted and they're completely blank walls and so um first, I was going to make a lot of quilts for these walls and then I'm like I'm not going to make any quilts for these walls It's too much pressure. Um, so I think we are actually today going to get on uh, art.com and pick out at least like one framed print for each room just to get something up on the wall. But over there's 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 definitely space over the two beds, which is funny because there's also space over my bed in my bedroom and has there has been for 27 years. And I do have a quilt there actually, um, but it's square and it's not right and it's never been right. <laughs> Um, But somehow I'm upping my game for these rooms. So maybe I'll end up making three. I want three over-the-bed quilts. Because in Southern California, we have earthquakes. Pictures fall off walls. I don't want them. I don't want a picture to fall on me or anyone I love during an earthquake. So we put soft things over, over beds. So I want to... And I don't think I want to make... I mean, I could do a normal rectangular size let's say throw quilt and just hang it and it would just go down behind the headboard but I think I want to do a a more rectangular quilt so that is wider than it is tall and so I just started looking through have you gone through your saved quilts (laughs) you know like on Instagram there's a save button, right? And I have a little, I have my own little folder called Quilt Love. And so I'm just like, okay, let me go through there. What have I saved there? And it's, it's an interesting exercise. A lot of times I say things on Instagram and Facebook and never go back and check, but I went back to check and it's very interesting to see the quilts I'm saving now versus when I first started quilting. They're definitely more little cutesy novelty kind of things early on and more modern now. Um, so I went through that, um, Cotton and Joy, who is the designer behind the Cabin Valley quilt I just finished. She has a lot of quilt patterns that I like. Um, So I went through her feed and her shop and then um, Tracy over at um, Joyfully Tracy mentioned uh, to check out Lisa Marie Quilts. And she actually is not, doesn't seem so much a quilt designer. I know I've talked about this in a previous podcast. She's more as like a quilt maker. And she actually frames quilts, which is kind of interesting. But she makes some really good choices of the patterns she does. Um, and, and she makes some really good color choices. So she um, has two patterns I'm considering. Um, one by Cotton and Bourbon and another one by Book something like bookend quilts. I'll put a link in the show notes. But anyway, so these are the, th- hey, let me just talk you through a few of the things that I've, uh, I've saved today. And of course I will put links in the show notes if you want to see these. Okay. So Juicy Juice, who was a designer came out, I think this was actually at the beginning of the year, um, with, let me, oh, I screenshotted it. So now I can't actually tell you. It was like, um, like this murder mystery quilt line. It was a little bit weird. Um, anyways, he did a cheater panel and I wouldn't do the cheater panel, but, um, it uses a block that I actually have the ruler for. And I think it's called like, um, the quick curve ruler. And I asked for it for Christmas many years ago and I've never used it. And so it makes one block, but when you put them together and you alternate, so, um, Again, it's hard to describe what it looks like, but it's 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 a four patch with that has these curves in it, and then if you put them um, where the the and it almost looks like a flower, like four flower petals. So if you do it as four flower petals. Um, are your prints and then the, and you have your background on one block and then you reverse that on the next block and you keep going like that. It creates a secondary pattern of circles and it's very cool and I kind of wonder if I could figure out the fabric placement on that to make sure that that really happened. He does kind of an ombre effect. He has a, so he created a, um, a cheater panel and it's, there's a, a, it's exactly what I want. It's like three high three blocks high, and then his is probably a little wider. His is like eight blocks wide. He has a cool colorway, a warm colorway, and a neutral colorway. And I guess his idea is that you can actually just sew those together, and then you have this one big kind of cool rainbow quilt, and then you just quilt it. I'm not doing that, but it got me thinking about that ruler that I have that I've always wanted to use. So that is one idea I've got. The other one is this quilt uh, by Flying Parrots. Flying parrot quilts. It's called Zigzag Fade. And it's kind of cool because it's got this, it uses three different sizes of squares to do this zigzag pattern. And she has a ton of white space at the top and bottom, which I just wouldn't use. I would just use the zigzag part. So that's another one. Um, Cheryl over at Meadow Mist Designs has a pattern called Disappearing Oranges. And it's just an orange peel quilt. Um, she has it in orange and peach and like a dark gray and she's got this whole thing. She even teaches a class on it of creating a, a quilt that has more, that's more traditional, like an orange peel quilt. That's a very traditional quilt. And she just pulls out blocks for empty space. And then it just, it looks a little bit more modern and abstract and of course using solids also makes it more modern. But um, that was kind of an idea that I thought would be cool um cotton and bourbon has a quilt and here i have um i screenshotted these things so i don't have the quilt name no it is it's called eclipse and it's a bunch of overlapping circles and you have to really get the colors right on this because you know it's it's like a transparency thing um and I think that would be hard, but I think she tells, I kind of like this. It's, it's, it's blues and then it goes into oranges. And I think that could be pretty cool. Um, so I might just <laughs> brow her colors. And then also at Lisa, Lisa Marie Quilts, um, the, what is her name? Book Ends Quilting has a pattern called ridges and it's like overlapping, Mountain ranges, um, and it's so funny. And this this really appeals to me because um, you know when when we when I when I drive on the freeway towards towards Thousand Oaks um, on the twenty three freeway, if you guys are local, at the right time of day, you know, we, I live where there's a lot of mountains, and they overlap each other. And I always comment they look like they've been torn out of construction paper and just you know laid on a, a piece of paper and glued down. And when we homeschooled, I like we read a book about the Blue Ridge Mountains and we did a I, I like we did the art project for that where they literally do that and that's exactly what this looks like it's just these layers of mountains and I don't even know exactly where the blocks are how this works but it's very pretty and um that could be just like the the perfect kind of quilt for where I live here so I'm thinking about that one um also Robin Pickens I love her her pattern she has one called Harlequin Harlequin and it is just, it is a bunch of half rectangles and just with very cool color placement. and Some of them are left out for that negative space. shes it's leans heavily into the, the grays and blues with little pops of red and orange. Um, and again, I think I would only use like the top third of it or something like that. And then she also has one called Beanstalk that's got the Scandinavian feel to me with... Um, kind of like leaves growing up and and her pattern has two groups of three I'm just like I would just do one of those groups of three high and then um, three wide and it it makes it uh, a rectangle so anyways I'll put those in the show notes because if if you've ever kind of wondered about doing something like that if you've got a space that's more rectangular and you just don't want to turn a quilt on its side um, you might want to you know check that out And if you guys have any ideas along those lines of um, something that might fit that vibe, please, um, you know, send them to me. However, either through email, comment on the blog, in our Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, however um, you want to do that. I would love to get some more input because, frankly, I've got three beds to put quilts over. All right, the other thing I wanted to talk about was a book that was sent to me by Fat Quarter Shop, and it is called Simply Jelly Rolls, and it's um, from It's So Emma, their in-house um, publisher. And it is, so, I'm so glad to have this book. It is such a handy book to have on hand to make. If you need to make a simple quilt, um, I am not one to buy jelly rolls, but I do do know that a lot of people have them you got them sitting on your your shelves and you're not sure what to do with them. This is a book of a whole bunch of really cute patterns um, that you could use them up on. And um, they're very simple patterns because, you know, most of them are very simple. Some of the star patterns are pretty, you know, you would never know it came from a jelly roll. By the way, they have them cut up. Um, So it's organized. It's very funny to me. I was cracking up when I was looking over this this morning. Um, So it's called Simply Jelly Rolls. And so they're really leaning into the food metaphor here. And all the quilts are food names. Mostly, yeah, well, mostly baked goods, but not entirely. We have the baguette quilt. Bakewell quilt, baklava, biscuit, brioche, caramel, ciabatta, cornbread, custard, éclair, focaccia, pumpernickel, scone, and it's so funny because I'm, I was like, okay, well that's interesting. Let me look at this. Let me look at this baguette quilt. Yeah, that doesn't look like a baguette. Let me look at this bakewell quilt. That, yeah, those are hearts. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the baklava quilt has the jelly roll stacked up in layers with, um, so I can kind of get that metaphor. The biscuit quilt is just a spool. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure where this is coming from. <laughs> but um, a lot of, you know, traditional blocks. Um, sorry for that noise, If uh, is that a little ASMR there. I'm, I'm flipping it. It's, it's um, spiral bound, which I love. The custard quilt is a very cool looking star um, a lot of, you know, four patchy type things with a little, a little twist, a lot of background. Um, there, because a jelly roll doesn't have a ton of fabric on it. There's a lot of background fabric in all of these. So, um, it's very cute. I will put a link in the show notes and you can click over to Fat Quarter Shop and and really get a look at the quilts inside. But if you are the kind of person that, um, you know, you're going to whip out a baby quilt, um, or a, you know, a quilt for a birthday for your grandchild or something like that, having um, something like this. And I have a feeling these quilts come together super fast, so you just might want to have that on hand. Oh, and the other thing you can do with it, um, it, the quilt along is over in um, September and October of this year, um, Fat Quarter Shop did a sampler quilt where they took... Um, different blocks from this book and turned it into a sampler. And it was very, very cute. And all those, you know, instructions are out at this point. So if you wanted to, I'll put a link in the show notes to that quilt. And then you can go, oh, yeah, I want to make that. And then, and you know what, you need the book. The other thing I wanted to talk about is I've been having the urge to make coasters. All the coasters in our house are little quilted coasters. And, and the really old ones are small, like three and a half inches or something. But now I make them more like five and six inches. I like a big, generous coaster. And... Um, The ones that I have, they're all stained, you know, from coffee and tea dripping on them or whatever. I'm like, and now that we have these two new, like, guest kids' rooms, guest rooms, and I've put coasters in there, I'm like, I need some better coasters. So I've been thinking about making them. And then Minky gave me, I don't know if you've seen her, Minky Kim, Zeriano. She's recently um, come out with these little, what are they called? Labels, I guess. Hen labels, chicken labels. (laughs) And they're her designs that are turned into these, that are, are, um are printed onto a little fabric label that you could just put onto a, a mug rug or a coaster or a quilt or whatever. And so we've got a little hen who is, um, like embroidering. We have one drinking tea. We have one baking and we have one sewing and they are so cute. I will put a link in the show notes, but she, I dropped something off for her the other day and she gave me a pack. And then lo and behold, um, I'm on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or something. And she is doing a little to quilt as you go tutorial using one of these little hand labels as the center and then kind of doing just log cabin scrappy strips around it to make into a coaster. And she has the most brilliant way to do, to turn them, uh, right side out or, you know, cause you, they're wrong sides right sides together and then when you turn them right side out you usually have to do this little slit you have to you know sew up that thing at the bottom but she has a very clever way to avoid that and um I will link to if I can find it um it's probably an Instagram post a a reel that shows her doing that so anyways I might just have to make a little adorable hen hen coasters Cross stitch wise, I have not really made much progress since the last podcast. I am still working on those stitch card R um, patterns from Lori Holt. And I'm, gonna reach over here. I am I did the little pumpkin just with thread that I, you know, embroidery floss that I had. So mine, I kind of chose badly. It doesn't have as much contrast as their example did. And now I'm working on a little crow. And what I need to do when I finish this is finish them. I've got several you know, sort of fall-themed little cross-stitch projects that are just not finished into anything, and so I want to I want to do that. And then I need to get back on finishing my Christmas one, which I think I will start after Thanksgiving. Um, from the last little stitch along I was on with that quarter shop, I never quite finished the last clue, and um, so I want to do that. Um, and that is really it cross-stitch-wise. I'm and I've, I'm just kind of like at this moment, it's just not scratching an itch for me any anymore so I need to I think finish those things up and take a little bit of a break from it all right let's talk books I feel like I don't have a lot of new things to report there either because I kind of got into this comfort thing of wanting to reread the um secret book in scone society which is by Ellery Adams And it's a cute, and I've talked about it before, it's just, it's a cute little series and um, I just get a kick out of it. And if I just am feeling listless, it is the easy thing for me to read. So I reread, I didn't start at the very beginning, but I reread Ink and Shadow, Paper Cuts. I'm not even reading them in order because I know the stories. Now I'm reading Vanishing Type. So um, I really do like those, that series of books. It's it's about a... um, Mostly, it centers around Nora, who is a quilt—not a quilt. There's nothing to do with quilts. Is a bookshop owner in this um, cute little town in North Carolina called Miracle Springs, and she's got this friendship with the the woman who runs the bakery, and the woman who runs the hair salon, and one that works at um, this spa. And they—it's—it's a—it's a murder mystery thing, but it's really about their their friendships and this adorable little town, and. Um, but yeah, they're they're always getting involved in in solving some sort of a a mystery and it is uh, it's well written. I mean I know I read a lot of these, you know, kind of uh, cozy mysteries, but this one I feel is is better written than most. I wish I there were more things from her that I liked. She also wrote another series, um, what is it called? like the Book Retreat Murders or something. And I tried the first one and there's like this weird supernatural element to it that I was just like, uh, it just didn't appeal. Um, I'm not like against it or anything. It just, it's just like, I don't know. This I, I wanted a little bit more realistic, I guess. And so I'm a little sad she just hasn't written something else that, that I would like to read. I also tried going out of my comfort zone and reading a romance, a little cozy romance thing, and it was so dumb. <laughs> so I'm not even going to tell you what that one was, but that took some time, too. So. Um I'm also reading a book called The Taste of Ginger by Mansie Shaw. and um I'm enjoying that it's about an uh an Indian girl uh, uh, so sh- she moved here when she was like moved to the US when she was like 7 and she and her brother really made this big uh, made it a priority to blend in to not be the Indian kids and um sort of you know successfully did that and she's a lawyer now, and, um, for, there's a sort of a tragedy that has taken place back in India where her, where family is, so she's gone back there, and I'm, I'm in the middle of this, so, you know, but I'm really enjoying it, but I, you know, I have a feeling she's going to rediscover these, uh, roots and her identity of being, of being Indian, um, so anyways, I'm really enjoying that. And then she has a second book that's come out too. And I think I got both of these through um, some sort of a Kindle deal. and um, so they're definitely they're, they're available as ebooks. So definitely looking forward to that. And then the next book that I'm going to read after that, and again, I shouldn't talk about books I haven't read, but I feel okay talking about this one, is called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. It was a Reese Witherspoon Book Club book and my daughter read it. And when we were walking around Chicago in September, talking about the various books we were reading, she told me about this one. And I was like, I want to read that book. And then I came across some list of, you know, sort of spooky books to read this fall. And this was on there. So it just reminded me like, oh, I've got that book Chloe gave me. Um, and so it's all about, um, a wedding, and um on some remote Irish island and there's a murder and so it really is ticking all the boxes for me so hopefully by my next podcast I will report on that but um it seems to be quite popular so The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Speaking of Reese Witherspoon let's transition over to shows um my husband and I have been watching The Morning Show which has Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and um Oh, my goodness. Really, really enjoying that. It's uh, season three. And, um, you know, a lot of times I feel like they kind of go off the rails. This could be off the rails by the end. But um, this this season also has John Hamm in it and um, Julianne Margulies. Actually, she's been in the other seasons, too. But anyways, The Morning Show. Definitely worth it if you are on Apple TV. We were a little disappointed when we found out that all the episodes hadn't dropped. And we now we have to wait for a week between them. So in the meantime, we watched Hijack with Idris Elba. Really enjoyed that. Um, Idris Elba is a, a negotiator, like a business negotiator. He is has kind of like a troubled marriage. Um... And he was visiting Dubai and is flying to New York home, and um, the plane is hijacked. And it's full of suspense without being overly gory (laughs) I'm thinking about that is that true I think so anyways really enjoyed um I mean I will watch anything with Idris Elba in it except perhaps Luther because that is a little too gory for me although I'm a lot tougher than I used to be after watching I don't know Peaky Blinders so I might have to try Luther again where he's a he's like a detective Idris Elba is a detective so anyways so that was really good it's only like I don't know eight episodes or maybe even six not that many. So that was, that was fun. And then, of course, we've got to watch Ted Lasso, which is fine. Between you and me, like, I know people just absolutely love Ted Lasso. Um, and it's fine. I enjoy it. I just, I kind of don't get why everybody is so over the top about it. But, um, anyways it's fine. We're enjoying that. Um, we'll probably be coming to the end of that this week, but I'm, I'm glad I watched it. But I guess it's that and, and Schitt's Creek are the two shows that people just went so crazy about. And I'm like, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So whatever. So we're, all, we're also watching Ted Lasso. So my own shows, like when I'm stitching or knitting or things like that, I finally started, I think I told you last time, there were these shows that everyone talked about and I never watched, like Sweet Magnolias, which I watched, was very cute, and now this time I'm watching Virgin River, um, and I, I kind of absolutely affiliate Virgin River River with cross-stitching that pumpkin and that crow, because that's what I, I sat there and did, but... Um, So it's about a woman who is a nurse practitioner and she takes, she's had some tragedy in her life. It feels a little bit like it has a Northern exposure vibe. And she goes to this um, town in the middle of nowhere in Northern California, not Alaska, in Northern California, where she, um, starts to work for this very cranky doctor that doesn't really want her to be there, um, you know, it's a very tight-knit little quirky town and um, she's trying to find her feet there and her, the tragedies in her life are sort of starting to unfold and so you're trying, you're figuring out a little bit more about what makes her tick and um, so you, you've probably all watched this. It's not a new show, but I'm enjoying Virgin River. Um, when... I forgot I was watching Virgin River for a while. And so I was looking for a mystery. I'm I'm getting, you know, like I watch a lot of mysteries. And so that's why something like Sweet Magnolias or or Virgin River is kind of a nice break for me. But on Acorn, there's a new series called Miss Sidhu Investigates about uh, an Indian woman who is a caterer. And she, um, like she cooks food out of her own home for weddings and events and things like that. And, um, you know, she stumbles across mysteries and she's very observant (laughs) and helps the, uh, you know, the investigator who is loath to take her help. It sounds like so many of these shows that we watch, but anyways, it's cute. It's a little, a little different twist on it. Um, they just came out with a new season of Harry Wild, which is, has, um, Oh, what's her name from Dr. Quinn Medicine woman, um, Jane Seymour, who does not play a a beautiful, mild-mannered woman or even independent woman. She plays a retired, cranky English professor who has sort of fallen into investigating murders, much to the chagrin of her son, who is, in fact, the investigator the detective for the city. It's takes place, place in Dublin, Ireland. So that is a little bit of a fun twist. Um, but she's very good in it. It is a very fun. Her little sidekick in it is this, um, like 17 year old boy. And so the little, the cross, um, the, you know, the, the difference in age is fun, you know, so that's been fun. So those are the shows that that I've been watching. And now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, I need to go finish watching Virgin River because I guess there's a new season coming out and I am like 27 seasons behind. All right. So let's head into our last segment here. And I just kind of, in a way, wanted to acknowledge the holidays as women. (laughs) I think that, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm not alone in thinking, oh boy. Well, it's a two, it's two-sided coin, Right. Oh boy, the holidays are coming. I'm gonna see family and that's that's gonna be great. People are gonna come home and that's all that's all good. And the other side, which is, oh my gosh, it's a lot of work. I am not ready yet. <laughs> I actually stood in line at Trader Joe's yesterday as the woman's checking out. There were these this particular kind of uh, chocolate caramel kind of thing that I've bought the last few years for stockings at Trader Joe's and there they were and I thought about getting them right then and I said to the checker I'm like you know I want to get these for stockings but I can't do it yet I'm I'm not ready I'm not ready to say I am I'm I'm Christmas shopping (laughs) and she laughed and and we you know had a little conversation about that but um so the last few years I have definitely made it a you know, a priority here to, to begin simplifying. And I just see it all over with people, women my age, let's just simplify the holidays. Let's simplify the gift giving. Let's simplify the decorations. Um, and that's been a big thing is just, and I was never super over the top, but I'm just kind of trying to find my, my footing with a new way of decorating. Um, I've really learned that lights and greenery go a long way. Um, last year, At Costco, I bought live garland, and that was fun. Um, And I thought for sure I'd do it again this year. But now that we're getting here, I'm just like, I don't know. It was a little Dr. (laughs) Seussian. I might get it to go around the, the outside door. I don't know. We have an artificial tree. And so we don't get that smell, so that was the fun part is having that smell for a while. Oh my goodness, I was at home goods yesterday. and if we were like starting over in a little condo somewhere, they had these artificial trees in in like a basket. you know, so let's just say, who's maybe a six foot tree and just like the base of it was in a basket. And I thought they were so charming. And then it turns out you can buy something. And I almost bought it and I didn't because it would be hard to store called a tree collar. So they had what was basically two pieces of a, and there was a few of them. One was kind of like a a tin and one was basket, which is what I would have got that you just put around the base of your tree so that it looks like it's sitting in a basket. And I just thought that looked so homey and cozy. So I might go back and get one. I don't know. But anyways, so lights and greenery go a long way. Um, The way I've done things the last few years is after the day after thanksgiving i put up the tree but just the tree and it's already pre-lit and i just leave it like that you know for weeks and it, it it just it really it changes things now i used to do that because we kept all the christmas decorations in the attic and while the boys were home for thanksgiving we would make them help us get stuff out of the attic but last year we did all these hanging shelves in the garage. So all the Christmas decorations are just now in the garage. and so much easier to get. So, But I still think I'll do that. Um, and then, you know, a week or so after that, like early December, I might do some more lights and greenery. And then, you know, a little bit closer to Christmas, really start putting out the Christmas decorations. And then I personally like to have all of that all the Christmas stuff put away by New Year's Eve. Usually, I do it on the on the thirtieth. I want to go into the new year fresh because everything feels very spacious and clean after that. I know some people like to really take it into the new year, um, and I'm I'm not one that wants to tear down the tree the night of uh, the 25th. But uh, you know, it's got li- a limited lifespan for me after that. So, anyways, just you know, my reminder to you guys to figure out, think about what's important. Um, and just keep it simple so that we as moms can just enjoy, enjoy the holidays along with everyone else alright, um, before I go I do want to say thank you so much to Teresa in Florida who left a beautiful um, review on uh, Apple Podcasts a rating and review and I really appreciate that if you feel so inclined um, the, the more ratings and reviews the podcast has the, the, the wider reach it has to be put in front of other people who are looking for podcasts like this. And as always, um, all of what what I've talked about will be in the show notes where you can find me online at Simple Handmade Every Day, which is kristinesser.com. I'm on Instagram as Esser, And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.